In Father Teresa's Wine Cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. All right, and WineCellarMedia.com. Again, this is not typically um, how we do this. Um, before, some folks may remember a couple of episodes ago, we did have on um, Amy Loco. And uh, Amy Loco came forward about uh, rapist cop Christian up there in Baltimore. And we will keep pushing and uh, not re-uploading, but reposting that episode to our Flipboard, the Twitter, the Facebooks, and the, the few little outlets that we have access to and uh, pushing the true story behind that. And then um, uh, shortly a couple days ago this week, we're recording this on the um, the week of, um, you know, folks get a day off Thanksgiving and whatnot. And I made a post about a call to action to try to get the few folks that, um, that I can reach through the privately owned social media to um, hit up some outlets in Baltimore and ask them to contact Amy and cover her story as we did in the wine cellar with our limited reach. And um, and Chelsea Sprangler here, who I've been following on the Facebooks for maybe about three or four years now, um, got in the thread and alerted me of another cop out here. How, how do I pronounce this guy's last name? Uh, it's pronounced Daygray. Daygray. So this is Christian Daygray. And a, um, mm-hmm. I think this is a, a, a tale of two Christians, and this is the other side of the Christian <laughs> cop. And uh, Chelsea Locos here. Uh, Chelsea Locos sent me an article from the Chicago Tribune that was uh, published November 28th, 2018. Jeez, quite literally a year ago. And um, <clears throat> and it has uh, some, some of the information that I'm seeing here. Uh, Christian Daygray, a 41-year-old individual, Arrested last week, charged with a felony, non-consensual dissemination of sexual images after a 32-year-old ex-girlfriend contacted Chicago police upon learning of Day Gray's October 29th arrest for allegedly sharing intimate images of other women, according to the police report. And I'm finding a similarity with that with this, um, with this other Christian who... Um, <clears throat> who was recording his rape victims and literally had a rape room in his house, that individual committed suicide. And, um, and also, just still setting this up here, as a ignorant person, as many of us are, if I just go and Google the words, um, hmm, Christian Daygray, rape, what's going on there? Um, headlines that I'll get are uh, dozens of uh, Robin's rape kits with missing records sent for testing, 
Uh, headline from the Daily Herald, Sheriff Vows Rape Kits Robbins Will Be Tested. Stories going back to, what, th- these are 2013, a lot of them, 2013 stories. And so we have Chelsea Sprangler here, going to give the floor to you to tell the story of what you know about this individual and the activism you and your folks got into to start getting some justice here. All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, we're to start with Christian Day Gray. So, uh, well, first of all, I got um, wind of this case from a lawyer friend of mine who's been helping the case out. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, he reached out to me because I'm co-chair of um, Fury. That's F-U-R-I-E, the acronym, uh, feminist. Uh, grassroots uh, radical feminist organization here in Chicago to try to get um, some kind of community support and um, word out about this case that really wasn't getting much uh, traction. So what started coming out last year was that Christian Gray, who is the um, police chief of the Chicago Heights Park District, so that's a little suburb um, south of Chicago. And um, so as the police chief, he, um, and then this is where it it gets deep, and that article doesn't really uh, cover all of this, as the police chief, so he would would set up dating profiles on multiple websites using multiple last names. He typically wouldn't use his uh, legal last name. And, you know, this guy's married, by the way, with like four kids um, in Indiana, where he lived, actually. And um, he... uh, so he set up, he had an apartment that I, I don't believe his family would have known about while well, he was using a last name. He took out a lease on a studio apartment in, in, a, in a high rise in downtown Chicago where he would um, have these dates and encounters with women um, that he would track down online. And he used video surveillance cameras that he actually procured from the um, Parks District Police Department. Uh, from grants, public grants that um, for, to the department. He used surveillance cameras, set them up discreetly in the studio apartment to routinely record all these different women that he um, would uh, track down on these dating sites and um, have sex with at the studio. So this guy, um, it, it started coming out what he was doing. What He, he would record these women. They didn't know about it. And then he would use the images and videos and share them amongst friends and on um, and to other police officers. Um, now, he also had a private investigative company called the Police Department with a sign that was that um, was misleadingly appeared to be a public police department when it was really a private investigating um, company, but they like to make people believe that with their sign and everything that they were actually a police department. So he, so he was also using that his private uh, company to disseminate the images to employees that he ran there, um, who were typically, you know, other police officers who were, you know, he used it as a second job. So he's, so he would take these images and he would send them through group things online and phone text messages and all these things. Um, he very narcissistic would because these images include himself, you know, in sexual engagements with these women who the women he didn't know of uh, them performing sexual acts on him and things like that. With then he would 
send these to other men with all kinds of degrading, misogynistic slurs about women and describing the encounters and degrading the women. And so, you know, so the, the lawyer, my, uh, my friend, Frank Avila, who, you know, clued me into this, you know, said who, from the evidence that he had um, from some of the victims that were coming forward was that the whole thing broke was because he was sending these to all these men, some of them who were supportive and, you know, participated in the misogynistic, you know, correspondences with him. But he was sending it to other police officers below him who, who didn't want anything to do with it and thought it was were really uncomfortable with it. And, you know, and some of them obviously knew that was illegal. And so one of the police officers involved in the case blew the whistle on this behavior of, um, of the police chief. And then he was subsequently fired by the parks district for blowing the whistle. And so that was a big, that's a big part of the case is this whistleblower who has been fired in retaliation. Right. So, um, so, I mean, it, it really goes down to rabbit hole with this. There's only three victims that have come forward officially as part of the case. Um, and part of what makes it difficult um, to, to get people to come forward is most of the parks districts um, or, or the, um, I'm sorry, the, the suburbs and other counties, because he, he recruited, you know, women on these, on these websites from Indiana, from a lot of south suburbs of Chicago, and from Chicago and in Cook County itself. But these other, district, these other counties aren't, um, besides Cook County, are not participating in investigating, even while the lawyer has requested them, gone to city council meetings, Chicago Heights. From what I know so far, none of them are, um, none of the police are investigating, except for Cook County finally took it up after pressure. Um, so there's a special prosecutor in Cook County who is investigating um, what's happening, and that's where the court case um, is existing right now. And my lawyer friend has been supporting the three victims and trying to support other women coming forward because most of the women don't know that this happened. But there's evidence of 20 to 30 plus different women that they can discern in the evidence um, that have been had, you know, pornographic images um, dis disseminated without their um, knowledge. So most of them don't know. So getting the word out, and that's kind of where Fury um, and myself comes in, you know. Some women who might hear about it in the news that there's, you know, that there's more possibly more victims and who see his face and say, oh, my God, I, you know, I went on a date with that guy. Um, trying to, to make women comfortable coming forward if they're not comfortable with dealing with the legal process for obvious and, you know, valid reasons that there's also a community group that they can anonymously come to and say, hey, I might be a victim of this, but I don't know. I don't know how to participate in this, and I don't want more trouble. You know, so there's, there's a women's group and women's community that's feminist that wants to support them in whatever capacity they're able or wanting to participate in the, um, the legal process with this. So um, it hasn't been a lot. Not a lot of people have come forward. Um, so since this, uh, uh, this broke um, a year ago now, so you know, so getting because the other departments won't around the metropolitan area won't participate. It's really hard to get women to even know that this might have happened to them. So um, that, that's that's the big complication. Um, and also, some of the images aren't apparently aren't very obvious. One of the victims may or may not um, be able to confirm that it was them in the images, which complicates the case. So, um, and the charges, by the way, at this point are. Um, non-consensual dissemination of private sexual images, 
distribution of pornography um, and making of unlicensed pornography. So, you know, a lot of details of that. Um, and then intimidation of witnesses. So after witnesses started coming forward, like one of the ex-girlfriends of his, um, so yeah, his, his multiple lives were ran so deep that he actually had, you know, ongoing girlfriends who didn't know about his married life, I'm assuming. Um, they, some of these victims, he contacted after they got involved in the case and threatened them um, anonymously over text with like throwaway phones and stuff like that, which are not that difficult to trace. Um, so he's, he's in trouble for that, for intimidating witnesses and, um, also possession of a controlled substance. Um, not too sure about that part myself, but that's, that's on the dock. So, so yeah, there's a lot of, of, uh, there's a lot going on and potentially more. That's the the charge at this point. I don't think they've, they've gone to a point in, in the trial with, um, with, uh, the additional kind of issues of like using the police department um, resources for the crimes and just how ingrained this was his use of power as in the police department. Um, that's kind of forthcoming, but, but yeah, so he's apparently, so he has been fired. That's one of the things that Fury got involved in last year was when this was breaking was making sure that he wasn't continuing to have a job on the parks district police while Cook County investigated um, investigation started and so that that was successful we we you know we got some people to come out from Chicago and a few people from the suburbs who showed up and heard about it in Chicago Heights you know showed up to um, some city council meetings and stuff in the parks district meeting out in Chicago Heights to kind of embarrass them you know um, you know it's an old town of kind of old kind of mob bosses who like to just it's, it's it's very it's it's like a little microcosm of Chicago corruption that goes even more unchecked because no one really you know it's a little town, and um, so that kind of you know putting the spotlight on them from Chicago kind of it did get action they they fired him, so you know that helps. But uh, and his security license has been taken away and his firearm license has been removed because of that. But um, that's kind of that's kind of the case so far. It's been going. Apparently, the next uh, hearing is on December third, and what's going on with the case right now is the defense is trying to stop access to um, from court access to the electronic evidence, which really makes the case. Um, the, all the, the dissemination of the images, all the private correspondences that happen in the police department, and um, the uploading of all these images into the the Parks District Police actual. Um, like electronic hard drives, he uploaded it all into the system itself, apparently to disseminate it around to then brag um, about his conquests with these women to the to fully to the police department. To, you know, that was he he liked to make the entire department in on his uh, his excursions. So, um, yeah, do you have any any uh, questions? about, you know, what's going on with it. It's kind of just, you know, the, the deeper it goes, the more people discover about what, you know, this stuff, but... No, nah, that's the uh, that's the raw information, and that's why I wanted to get you on the program for well, well over a year now, because you just spit <laughs> the shit out like that. And now I'm just thinking about it now, right? Because now I start putting my, my ideology and my thoughts and whatnot to it, and just the way I see things. And it's like, so his main thing 
right? Like just looking at him as a man, as a person in society as is and how he's been socialized and led him to take this sort of action is that it's very important for him and in patriarchy, all men, right? All men in westernized patriarchy that other men know that you're having sex, right? And with women, yeah. yeah. And and it's like, that's so important. That's a, a, a oddly, an ironic thing with cis hetero males that when we're uh, having sex with women, we're thinking about men. Because we're like, I can't wait <laughs> to tell the other men about this. And it's like, and that's something I was uh, saying to Phoenix. It's one of those things where I'm pretty sure all of us who lean left or may be aligned with uh, with feminist thought and ideas and whatnot, we already think this, but sometimes when you say it out loud and so plainly, it's like, yeah, you know what, That that's the sentence right there. Like one of them I was saying to Phoenix was, um, uh, oh, geez, I forgot it, but it was like, uh, oh, yeah, wi- men use women's sexuality against other men and the the woman doesn't really matter right because it's just the man competing with the other men right and um yeah like i mean throw your thoughts at me where where are you you, like what are you thinking about this outside of like legal boundaries well you know i think um first of all you know to speak to the subject of patriarchy i think it is important to note that uh so we have images, uh, and these are public images. Uh, that's why, you know, they can be shared um, of him at his uh, private investigative company. And, you know, he has his entire staff in front of a, you know, like a, a Blue Lives Matter flag and all of this stuff. I mean, it, so it's very it's very clear with, with him this is a display of power of white male patriarchy. You know, obviously misogyny is something that can cross racial lines but the amount of power that he liked to wield from his station is unique to um to um white male patriarchy and so he also targeted by the way of from what they can tell of um the victims he targeted lower income women as well as women of color not not exclusively um uh, black or Latino women, but he targeted women who seemed to have less that he knew would be um, particularly kind of under his uh, his station and probably not talk about it um, and things like that. So, I mean, so there's 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 an extreme amount of um, kind of racial undertones to how he um, used his power here and how he you know he seemed to get off on it um, in terms of how he used. Uh, um, you know, I think he, he, in some of the correspondences I've been told, he was bragging about his, his investigative company and all this stuff um, to women online. But, um, yeah, and, you know, what you said about how men are always talking to other men about their sexuality, even while they're trying to display their um, their heterosexuality, um, it's the ironic thing that, about sexual crimes is that and misogyny is that that sexual violence isn't about the sex itself or it's not about sexuality itself it's about power so even though they're using sex to display this power and they're talking to other men about it it's more about their own display to other men about to make them who they are and confirm that i am this superior man instead of you know the sex is just a vehicle for that um 
and it really shows this this ultra kind of conservative hyper macho um white man who is then obsessed with talking to other men about his his sex is that is that's you know that's the ironic thing right that comes out from the violence it's about proving their violence in some way which comes off more um homoerotic if anything but you know oh yeah no it, it does like i think about um when I was, uh, oh man, I think I was about 10, yeah, somewhere like 10 or 11, and uh, a new tape came mm-hmm. out. It was a new NWA tape, the Niggas for Life album. And I remember, like, the way my biological mother was raising me, I was going to, even though I'm enjoying the record, I'm going to think about what they're saying. And, like, I don't like saying this word, mm-hmm. but I, ha- I have to quote it for the program. And it's MC Ren rapping, and he says, Four niggas with big dicks. And I'm just like, why why do you know that about your friends? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a strange thing to be obsessed with and I don't know how you acquired the evidence of this. <clears throat> you know, I'm not homophobic, but like how do you know that? Maybe cuz urinals didn't have stalls in the old days. I don't know, but like that's a big mm-hmm. thing. It's like we got to have our sexual power. It's why men are afraid to go to prison because they know men are going to enact that um that that rape culture and that sexual power on them and when i think about um like stuff that like now i'm specifically looking at like right-wing men it's not like left-wing cats aren't incapable of it i've been seeing some shit like that like um damn here i am tangenting here we go but like i just saw you know Mm -hmm. that meme is going around with i'm gonna tell my kids that this was this and like on 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 some left-leaning cats page they had a one of those blow up dolls and said, "I'm gonna tell my kids this is Tommy Lauren," and it's like, "Go fuck yourself." That's whack. We don't do that shit over here. Oh yeah. Yeah, but fucking um, but something that right wing men in particular and right wingers in general, they hate for the mm-hmm. shit that they say privately to each other to come public because it's when they're at their most vile and honest and true. Like that Facebook group where mm-hmm. they had like photoshopped images like Donald Trump orally raping Ocasio-Cortez and whatnot. Like that's how these people really are, especially with that white male yep. sexualized racism. And when I mm-hmm. see stories like this, like with this white man targeting non-white women, and I think about that audio that Milo um, leaked of uh, Richard Spencer yelling, I rule, I'm the man. When you're down on the ground, you're looking up at me. And it's like, uh, that's mm-hmm. what's in that white man's head when he's harming that non-white woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the this is he's a really stark example of this kind of suburban um unchecked behavior that you know none of these suburbs even want to pick up and don't even feel obligated to pick up while cook county does um for one i mean that speaks to um you know people think the cpd are bad and they have a lot of problems but you get out into these suburbs and you get even less professionalism which is scary so um they won't they won't even pick it up despite lawyers saying look these crimes happen it's going to come back to bite you um so but you know the the white men in these situations they just kind of show you know like trump himself the the kind of very um unmasked version of and vulgar vulgarness of white male patriarchy but you know it, it it, it doesn't just run by right-wing uh, 
you know, white men's use, like you said, it, it goes into other areas. It goes into the left. It invades all these things because it's not just a political orientation. It's an identity orientation that people feel like it, it gives them a, um, you know, it gives them power, which it does to an extent. You know, his the power of, you know, Christian Day Gray is, you know, maybe much different than the, you know, the man you were speaking about on that record. But, you know, it's still obviously a social currency that's wielded regardless of your political orientation. And, you know, that's what proves. Yeah. Now... This is going to be put out, and I see we've gone over 20 minutes, so I'm really, I'm going to, I'm not going to make this a segment. I'm going to just put this out as its own relatively short episode. And for folks that have been tuning into the Wine Cellar, you know, we're approaching a thousand episodes, and you've probably heard me mention this person, but I may have mispronounced your name. How do we pronounce your name? My name is Chelsea Springler. Spring. Oh, see, yep, I told folks it was Sprangler, so Springler. And um, it, now, do you think how I don't know how I came across you? It's like you weren't in my news feed and then you were. Was it Standing Rock? Was that when it happened? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure how we how we connected either. You know, I tend to have uh, try to make contact with a lot of activists uh, that I add on my friends list. So I'm not sure if it was me or you, but uh, you know, then got blessed by the uh, the Zuckerberg. Uh, uh, <laughs> algorithms, I guess, <laughs> and uh, probably show their stuff. But all right, and like, and and my idea here, if we can keep things going, is um, because mm-hmm. I I see your threads, and something real dope is that like you'll post an article or you'll post a a meme or a thought, and then you'll put some uh, some more of your own text above it, and then folks will respond, mm-hmm. and sometimes you'll have someone who is interested in more information. Or they disagree on this particular point, and you swoop in like a professor. It's so fucking smooth, and you're like, ah, well, if you look at this particular historical context, and here's a link for it, and here's an article you can check out, and here's an old fucking newspaper clipping that I had from 1932. This is good. And then they'll be like, ah, I see your point. Thank you. And it's like, holy shit, that's dope. And like, on that, I don't know if you know who she is, but you remind me of Phoenix Kaliter. Where it's like, when I saw Phoenix, mm. I was like, how come more people don't know who the fuck this is? Like, I just want, I wanted more people to hear Phoenix Kaliter, and now I want more people to hear Chelsea Springler. Like, come check this cat out. So, like, if we can get you on the program at random, and I think the best jumping off points for any topics is the shit you post. Because you seem like you actually read the articles <laughs> from the way you talk about them. And so, yeah, if you can come back on the program randomly here, there, maybe end up starting your own program to cover what you do. And I know that you're into self-defense as well. I've seen video clips. Like, I think that mm-hmm. you, you'd be a, a dope-ass influence on anyone out there that might click the link. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate that, William. Uh, yeah, you know, we really, uh, you know, about the vagary stuff, too, with um, Fury, we really, you know... It's really obvious to activists now that social media is really, uh, really important. But, but um, you know, I want to kind of take that a step further. And I think, you know, you guys do too here on um, not just using it to, to share, you know, kind of armchair activist um, kind of ideas for 
clout or whatever, but to be able to engage people and educate them on issues that they haven't been able to to have access to on their own. If social media didn't come in to be able to connect us in new ways, you know. So I think, you know, the more we can find deeper ways to use social media to, to really reach and change people, you know, in savvier ways now that it's been a, you know, a good decade probably of, um, like I said, kind of armchair activism, you know, what do we do to take it, you know, a step further? Um, you know, podcast can be a thing, but if you can't connect it onto social media for people to hear about the podcast, which, you know, you guys are great at doing, you know, that's kind of a, it's kind of bridges we need to, I think, work on as activists. So certainly happy that I came across you all. Yeah. Right on. Thank you. All right. I think, uh, I think, I think that'll be that. That shit was dope. I will. Uh, I'll be uploading this before the end of the day, and um, and linking it out. And yeah, and then I'll probably be uh, hitting you up again. I'll see you post something. And I'll be like, oh shit, you want to come talk about it? And if you got time, we'll plug in the microphones and rock out. All right, sounds great. All right, and uh, happy. Uh, certainly made my uh, pillaging day uh, positive. So uh, thanks for inviting me on. All right. All right. And thank you for coming on. And I'm going to get on with my uh, my fuck that job day. I made a post about it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. Peace. All right, folks. And that was. Uh, thank you for using go- Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. That audio just flies in there. <laughs> That's the. Uh, All right. So that there's Chelsea Spring- uh, Springler. All right. Maybe I'll pronounce it right now. And um. Yeah, like Chelsea's dope. Maybe you folks that hear the podcast might not follow on the Facebooks or whatnot. But yeah, I've been following that kid for a couple years, and that, that kid probably a grown ass adult. But I've been following that motherfucker for a couple years, and Cuz is ill. So uh, yeah, maybe get more of this cat on the program. You know, Fiance Kalita's already there. I'm already here, and I don't know who else has time to come on. I think Lisa Loco is busy as shit. Lisa Loco is a parent, you know. So yeah. Maybe we got three motherfuckers again, though, huh? Three podsketeers. Phoenix is not here to stop my dad jokes. I can do them now. <laughs> All right, motherfuckers. Uh, Patreon.com slash Wine Cellar Media Fund. PayPal.me slash Phoenix and William. Please, motherfuckers, be as safe as possible wherever you are.